Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. What a blessed God we serve. Hallelujah. There's nothing God can't do. There's no one he can't redeem. There's nothing he can't fix. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just a little patience and everything is going to work out for his glory and to our greatest benefit. Just a little patience. Hallelujah. A little perseverance. Yes, you got to wait till the bread cooks, but when it comes out. What a mess of life we make when we try to eat the bread before it's cooked. <laughs> if we just wait for the bread to go in the oven. Some people try to eat bread before they put it in the oven. Some try to take it out too quick. Glory, hallelujah. We're like a child sometimes waiting on mama's cookies. Uh, we, we eat the dough, we eat the batter. We won't wait for it to be cooked because it tastes so much better once it is done. Huh. Anything not in the right season does not tasty. Anything in the right season and you miss out. Everything in the right season. Hallelujah. But when those cookies and that bread come out of the oven and it's had just the right amount of refinement and heat put on it, I am so glad that I waited on the Lord. I am somebody said, I am so glad that I am waiting on the Lord. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who wants to eat dough? Hallelujah. When you can have some nice bread, some nice cookies. See, everything you need to know about life, you could learn it when you was three years old in your mama's kitchen. Uh, it's all about timing. you got to wait for the cookies to come out of the oven. And then when they come out, you can't eat all of them. And don't be greedy. Save some for your other siblings. Hallelujah. 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 I've talked about it so much I can smell it right now. Mm. Uh-huh. I smell some chocolate chips right now. God's got a surprise in the oven. So wipe them tears out of your eyes and quit being such a baby. Ah, Daddy's got a surprise in the oven. It's almost ready for you. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. If you could just go back to your mama's kitchen and just learn some things about life. It's that simple. Uh, I want to speak about a very interesting subject tonight. It's about the power to say no. Uh, Titus uh, 2.12 says that the Holy Spirit will teach us to say no to all ungodliness. The power to say no to yourself. Once you learn how to say no to yourself, all the other no's that you need to know 
comes easy. Once you learn to say no to self, all the other no's that you need to know. Don't misspell that word. <laughs> Once you learn to say, you know, to self, all the other inos that you need to, you know, comes easy. Hallelujah. Mm. The power to say no to all ungodliness. To say no to evil, to say no to temptation, to say no to ungodliness, and to persevere, just to wait. Huh? To say no to self. I ain't going to throw no fit. I know, though the clock is ticking slow, something good coming out of the oven. Hallelujah. Though the clock is clicking slow, I know something good is coming out of the oven from heaven. Hallelujah. The reason we struggle in this life is we're so greedy to get to what's in the oven, often we crawl into the furnace ourselves. <laughs> So you see, you got some trying to eat the dough before it goes into the oven. And the time it goes in, ain't nothing left. Uh, and then you got those that want to bring them out before they're done. And, and then you got a few, I think I know some of these, they just crawl up there in the oven and start eating it while it's cooking, you know. And they get burned, you know. The power to say no to all ungodliness, the power to say no, to learn to say no to selfishness, is the greatest victory of all. All the other no's will come very easy. All the other no's that you need to say to other people, once you learn to say no to yourself, saying no to others, is a cookie in the oven. Yeah. I was going to say a piece of cake, but we already got too much stuff on the table already. It's a cookie coming out of the oven. The ability to say no to yourself, to selfishness. I want us to think about this scripture. This is an interesting scripture. Uh, the verses above that, Paul started talking about uh, all the blessings he had in life. He'd been shipwrecked several times, beaten several times, stranded several times, naked several times. Uh, I don't think it was because he was drinking and he took all his clothes off. Uh, but, and the constant struggle and the worries about the church, he's speaking about all of that. And then there's this verse, and then he goes on after this verse and he says, you know, I will boast in my weakness so I can boast in the Lord. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, that when he was in uh, Damascus that, you know, he was trying to preach the gospel and everybody just kind of turned against him so much that the, the whole city was ready to kill him and they lowered him down in the basket so he could kind of run off, I guess. And 
in the middle of all of these difficulties in life, Paul makes this statement, which is kind of profound, because, I mean, you've been shipwrecked, that sounds like weakness. You've been beaten, that sounds like weakness. That sounds like you didn't have power over your enemy. Um, you know, you, you have all these struggles, all these difficulties. You go into a town, and, and the Jews not receiving you. And in the book of Acts, it talks about that the Jews was trying to kill him. But here, it actually goes on to say that the, that the Jews had enough, because they was kind of mingled with the politicians. They had enough influence that the whole city was looking for him to kill him. And they lowered him down in the basket. And that looks a little bit like running for your life, you know. And in the middle of all this chaos, I mean, you know, I mean, Jonah, he goes on a, a cruise ship, and he, they decide to throw him overboard, but that's just once. Uh, Paul talks about how many times he was shipwrecked, left in the cold, beaten, all of these things. And then he makes this statement, who is weak? I do not feel weak. <laughs> but when you look at the difficulties of life, don't they make you feel weak? I mean, I, you know, and it's strange. At the beginning of this, Paul says, you know, you put, uh, to the Corinthians, you put up with boasting enough. Let me boast a little bit. These are the, all the things I'm going through. These are the things I'm going through, the things I've gone through. And he makes this statement. I do not feel weak. Isn't that amazing? Who is weak? Who you calling weak? I know you ain't calling me weak. Who is weak? I don't feel weak. Ah. Think about that. I mean, if you, if, if, you know, every time you got on a plane, it almost crashed. You know, if you've been beaten, if you've been caught, if people persecuted you, if a whole city rejected you, wouldn't you feel weak? Think about it. Wouldn't you feel weak? Huh? If nobody liked your message, wouldn't you feel weak? If you did your best work, if you did what you thought was right at work, and nobody liked it. Wouldn't you feel weak? The lack of successes and the difficulties in your house makes most people feel weak. But here's Paul. I don't know if these cookies got a little ganja in it or what. I don't know what he's smoking, but... Uh, As the old saying goes, give me some of that. I don't know what Paul's got, but give me some of that. I mean, you, you're going through all these difficulties, and he just names them off, you know, one after the other, boom, 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 boom. Almost like he's got them tattooed on his <laughs> hand or his arm. And mind you, he's doing all these things for Christ, but it doesn't seem he's very successful at it. I mean, you, you get on a ship, you, you're going to go somewhere to preach, and it, it sinks. Hmm? You, you remember when they was, they, was, they was taking Paul prisoner? You know how many times he's been 
taken as prisoner. Most of us, we would feel, God, what am I doing wrong? Why, why am I not victorious? You know, what, what am I doing wrong? I'm trying to do this for you, but nothing's working out. So they shipwrecked once. They finally made it to the island. They decided to build a fire, and Paul, out of all of them, gets bit by this serpent. And so much that the, the natives of the, of the place where they landed, they said, huh, God wants this man dead. He couldn't kill him in the ship. They're going to kill him with this viper, you know. <laughs> All these things. Think about the things that you go through. And what you utter is many times is weakness. That's what we utter is weakness, but not Paul. I don't know what's in the cookies. Because hmm? he says, who is weak? And I do not feel weak. So see, Paul's got a, he got a different head than most people got, you know. He, he doesn't have the head of an ordinary person, you know. Most people's head, oh no, you start to feel weak like you're not accomplishing anything. Like you're not successful at anything. Not Paul. Paul's, he's smoking something, you know. His head ain't. Huh? Do we understand? His, his head is different. Because he's almost like, I don't know, he's almost like he likes all these difficulties, you know. His, his head works different than most people's head. Works a lot different than most Christians' heads. Who is weak? Who you call him weak? Huh? And we know that during that time that there was other evangelists and ministers that was preaching the gospel for money. So I'm sure they probably had their own speedboats, their own planes, maybe. Well, at least some flying donkeys or something like that. And big houses. And they were successful. But here Paul looks like he's not getting through. Almost like the Lord is against him and not for him. But he says, who's weak? I do not feel weak. Hmm. Now, it's interesting. We know that Paul was not married. It's interesting. A man with all those problems looked like he'd be wanting the comfort of a marriage, doesn't it? Uh, somebody rub his feet, pull the thorns out of his side, you know. Uh, yes, rub his head, you know. He was, he's been, he was stoned once and left for dead, may have died. You'd think he'd want a wife to comfort him, wouldn't he? Uh, but what does he say next? Hmm. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. Now, maybe he's talking about sexuality. Maybe he's talking about uh, dishonesty. Maybe he's talking about giving up, whatever. He says, and who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. So you, you realize that, that Paul, you know, we know he had success, but we see the overall success. We don't see all the troubles that he had in life. And he says, I am not weak. Who's weak? You calling me weak? I'm not weak. Who is weak? See, 
Paul has a relationship. He has to have a, a relationship with God to see through all these difficulties, to realize that I'm not weak. I'm not losing the race. I'm winning the race. Uh, but most Christians, they break their fingernail, their toenail. They feel like I'm cursed. God, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? <laughs> we would, you know, most Christians are not ready for any kind of battle, you know. Uh, we break a fingernail and we we none doomed. Uh, the powers in the sky are against us, you know. We have a wrong mindset about life. We have a wrong mindset about weakness. So when we look at that, and, and let's combine this other scripture that, that the Holy Spirit teaches us to say no to all ungodliness. You know how many times he felt like giving up? How many times he felt like quitting? How many times he felt like God was against him? Huh? You know, I, I've seen many disciples leave, and they're not leaving because they don't have food. And they're not, not leaving because... They're not comfortable. They just leave because they don't see their life going nowhere. With all these things Paul was going through, the only place he saw his life going was the grave. In fact, uh, part of Paul's life, he knew he was headed for persecution. But he says, I don't feel weak. Who's weak? Don't call me weak says, I'm not led into sin. I do not inwardly burn. There's nothing that I have to have, you know. I don't have to have no uh, automatic or foot rubber. I don't have to have no automatic uh, uh, food preparer. I don't have to have those things. Uh, I don't have to have money. I don't have to have fame. I do not inwardly burn. Hmm? My, 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 my. Huh? You ever been in your mama's kitchen and you're waiting for them cookies to come out? And you, you may not be in the oven, but you're burning outside. You can't wait. You can't wait. You almost got tears in your eyes. You just, well, I want it, you know. I want it, you know. And even when they come out of the oven, you can't even let them cool a little bit. You just want it right, just... While it's still in liquid form, you know, you don't want to let it cool a little bit and them cookies, you know, uh, settle down and harden a little bit. Oh, no. Paul says, I do not inwardly burn. I can wait for the cookie to come out. Hmm? Yes, maybe eat it later with a glass of milk or something like that. You know, you know. You ever been so hungry and talk yourself into mo so much hunger you can't even pray before you eat? Uh, you know, they taught you a long time to go put your hands together like this and pray, but you got knife and fork in hands, and you're putting the metal together while you're praying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When I was a, a young boy at my grandmother's house, you know, there'd be a big plate of fried chicken on the table. My brothers and I, you know, my my grandmother, she'd want us to pray, and and so uh, sometimes you know we got one eye open, you know, because we know what's gonna happen as soon as the amen comes. 
<laughs> uh, uh, see these kids today, they, well, they play the Game of Thorns or Thrones or something like that. Listen, we had battle right there at the, at the dinner table, you know, because here come fork and knife, you know. You got to be careful or, or if you grab for a piece of chicken, you know, some, your brother's fork going to be in your hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, what you don't realize is that Paul had been taught by the Holy Spirit to say no. No, I'm not going to quit. No, I'm not going to run. No, I'm not going to give up. No, I'm not going to back up. No, I don't need no wife. It's been a, I mean, all things are um, permissible, but not all things are beneficial. No, I'm not going to do this. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to get older. No, I'm not going to back down from Rome. No, I'm not going to back down from Jerusalem. No, I'm not going to back down from prison. No, I'm not going to back down from death. Mm. See, the ability to say no. No, I ain't going to give in to this. Hmm? And many times that no comes towards the things that are of comfort and pleasure. And we say no. No. So when Paul says, who you call him weak? I have the power of no. Don't call me weak. Just because I am not, see, anybody, you, you, you're doing all these things and everything is prosperous and everything's green at every corner you turn, well, that's no problem. There. Unless you try to say no to those things. But when you start to have these difficulties in your life and you want to back up and quit, he says, no, I'm not going to do it. I, I, I had a little talk with Jesus and I ain't turning back. Hmm? The power of no. No, I ain't going to think that way. No, I ain't going to think that way. Hmm? You know, and, and even though people would try to kill Paul and different things, he says, no, I'm not going to repay evil for evil. But some of us can't even sit in our own house with our own family and say no. As in, I'm not going to hate you. No, I'm not going to get even with you. No, I'm not going to retaliate. No, I'm not going to curse you out. No, I ain't going to behave the way you behave in. Hmm? Oh. Hmm? See, some of you grew up just saying yes all the time. Yes to everything, you know. Mm -hmm. You have no power. Paul says, I ain't weak. I can say no. And what did I tell you earlier? The hardest no and the biggest no. You got to learn to say no to your own selfishness. No to your own self. No to defending yourself. That's the hardest no. Once you learn to say no to yourself, all the other no's in life and all the other no's you need to give to people is not a problem, but you must learn. And the Holy Spirit, Titus 2.12, teaches us to say no to all ungodliness. No. 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 I ain't going to back up. Jesus had this power of no. I don't, 
I don't care. I could come down off the cross and beat everybody up, but I'm not going to do it. No, nope, I'm going to do what my father told me to do. Mm. No. Mm. No. <laughs> Some of us would like to have that power. That'd be a hard power to say no to. Jesus tells you to go through it, and you got the power, you could, you could just, see, I know some of you, get nailed to the cross, and you ain't going to jump off that cross all at once and beat everybody up. You're just going to let the nails start slowly pushing out of your hand, you know, and then that one pops out on the ground. And then that one pops down, and you're still up there. And then you just walk off into the air and come down. Uh huh. Could you say no to that? Could you say no to that power? See, you always want power, but can you say no to power? And I want to explain to you in a minute how that power is really weakness, but could you say no to that? Think about it. Huh? Could you stay on that cross and die when you had an option? And not just a small option. I don't mean like not showing up to work. A small option. You could just come down and beat everybody up. Oh, Lord, I hear the devil laughing. <laughs> no, could you do that? You have the power. To get even. And you're going to let somebody do wrong to you? Uh, the Lord is not a coward. And they, there's one verse that, that just, I don't know, it just, it, it explains everything. And it says, the Lord says, I could come down, but the world must know that I love the Father. I do whatever he says. I love the Father. Because hmm? in my natural self, I would love to come down and uh, spook some people. Hmm? To say no. No to retaliating. No to screaming out on the sh streets. No to giving people what they deserve. The disciples came to Jesus and said, there was somebody that was preaching in your name. Should we call fire down on them? And Jesus said, no. Peter was trying to let the Lord know how much he loved him. He says, Lord, nobody's ever going to kill you. Jesus said no to Peter. Ah. Uh, 
Sometimes you got to say no to people you love, you know. Not just your enemy. Sometimes you got to say no. Uh, now we're getting in the concept of morals and decency, what's right, what is truth. But see, there's, there's two enemies of morals and truth. One enemy is a seared conscience. The other enemy is a weak conscience. A weak conscience usually always falls short of doing the right thing. It usually has compassion on evil. Or it has compassion on, you know, it, it's, it, it gives in to weakness so it cannot adhere to the strength of morals. A seared conscience tries to override morals and defeat morals. What really counts, and in that process of the Lord teaching us to say no to all ungodliness, that's where the character comes in. See, the character, another term of character is someone that can say no to self. Your ability to say no to self, no to selfishness, no to self-comfort, no to self-pleasure, no to self-victory. Those things that are selfish that is not for God, for the benefit of heaven and the benefit of others, that is character. The ability to totally respect morals and decency and the right thing and the wrong thing. See, that's called character. That's called character. Is that ability to say no. That's called character. The ability to say no. Now, you may say, but, you know, maybe we're supposed to give to the poor. Well, the ability to say no to self is the ability to give to others. The ability to say no to self is the ability to give to others in a constructive way, in a decent way, in a moral way, and in a positive way. Hmm? See, do not underestimate this. Now, you may know the scripture where with, the, with God is always yes and amen. Well, that's with God. That's not with you. With God is always yes and amen. But with us, the Holy Spirit teaches us to say no to all ungodliness. Now, let me um, entice you with another piece of wisdom that you're going to scr scratch your head over, or you could scratch your head over. I want to talk to you about the kingdom of weakness. See, Satan's kingdom is a kingdom of weakness. Now, I understand that we talk about authorities and powers of principalities, but let's talk about those powers that the devil has. The powers he has is weakness. See, the kingdom of this world is a kingdom of weakness. It is not a kingdom of strength, as you may think. It's a kingdom of weakness. And you might say, well, I must be really weak because I can't say no to the kingdom of weakness. The fact that you can't say no says you are contaminated with the kingdom of weakness. Uh, that is the kingdom of weakness. If Jesus had come down off the cross, he would have been given into the kingdom of weakness. 
But he did not give in to the kingdom of weakness. See, what we don't understand is, as Paul says, you know, um, that, um, you know, he says, um, I am not led into sin and I do not inwardly burn. See, what we don't understand about the kingdom of weakness is we think, okay, you know, the sins in the world, they're powerful. All the temptations are powerful. They're not powerful. It's weakness. And you are contaminated with the weakness. See, sin is weakness. It is not power. Now, I know that you're going to... You could show me a scripture where it talks about the power of sin, but the power of sin is weakness. And it says Satan, who held power over us by our fear of death, not by death, but by the fear of death. See, the power of Satan is weakness. The reason you say it powers you is because you are contaminated with it. And so when you say that you are weak, you're rightly so, but you're also claiming that you have the spirit of your weakness and the spirit of the world. You cannot resist the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is weakness and self-indulgence and self-pleasure. So that weakness is there. See? If Jesus had come down off the cross, it would have been weakness to do what God told him to do. If Paul had given up any of these times that he mentioned, it would be giving into the weakness. See, we belong to the light, but this world belongs to the darkness. Darkness has no power but just the ability to con conceal that which is truth. Only light has power. Darkness has no power. A plant can't grow in darkness. Hmm? You know, we talk about, uh, so we realize that. We talk about, also we talk about fresh water and salt water they can't mix. And sometimes you would wonder, Okay, so which one is the good water, the fresh water or the salt water? Well, obviously the fresh water is the good water because the salt water cannot quench, its, quench your thirst because it's salty. So it's almost like drinking sand because it's salt water. The reason you're thirsty is because the salt that's in your body and all because you're, you're, you know, you drink to quench yourself, so it's the salt water. And many times the drink that we drink in this life does not help us. We give in to temptation, it does not help us, it just makes us more thirsty. So other than gagging on salt water, actually it, it just does not work. <laughs> um, so the, the kingdom of this world, the prince of this world, that we often ascribe to is saying power. Because the Bible would say that, that we was powerless, and that the law was powers, powerless uh, because of the desires of the flesh. But that, that when we say power, that sin has power over us, 
what what we're what we're actually saying is not that the sin has the power because the power is the weakness. We have given into the weakness. And Titus 2:12 says that he teaches us to say no to all ungodliness. Now that's power when we got power over the weakness. When we are feeling weak, that is when we are under the influence and the spirit of this world. The spirit of this world is weakness. Paul went through all those things, and he never backed up. Paul had people that abandoned him, but he never quit. Hmm? Paul was in prison. God doesn't seem to be helping him. His companions, a lot of them left him and deserted him. But he didn't back up. Now, did he have victories? He did. But what you realize is he had a lot of things that most of us would say, hey, quit and go back home to mama. But he did not say no. I mean, he, he, he did say no to quitting. The power of no. No, I ain't quitting. No, I ain't going back. No, I ain't giving up. I ain't going back to mama. God called me. Hmm? Perseverance. And what does perseverance build? But character. And what is character? The ability to say no to self. The ability to say no to self. To all the desires. Hmm? To say no to self. You know, when things are going difficult, when ministry is not going the way you think it should go, when your job is not going the way you think it should go, out of self-comfort and selfishness, you know, the spirit of this world tells you to quit. It tells you to do something else. It tells you to be dishonest. Or at least tells you to go have some fun. And so sometimes you realize perseverance is the ability to say no to a lot of things. No, I'm not quitting. No, I'm not going to give up. No, I'm not going to do this thing uh, a cowardly way. No, I'm not going to do this thing a deceiving way. And no, I'm not going to indulge in self-comfort as a means to get back at God or to comfort myself because of all the struggles, because God has given me difficulties. I'm not going to give in to these things because many times the things that we give into, the sin that we're led into and, re and things like that, we give into them because we're angry with God because our, diff our, our quest is a little bit difficult in life. But the Spirit of God teaches you to say no and stay on track. Hmm? See, when things don't work out at work, when things don't work out on the way to work, your car maybe breaks down, this type of thing, then, you know, that's when you start hearing these voices to tell you to go back to drinking, go back to smoking, go back to lusting, go back to doing these things. What you don't realize is you're just trying to comfort the pleasure. It's the weakness that's trying to take over your body. It's the weakness. Huh? The power of sin is weakness. The power of death is the grave and the fear thereof. But learning to say no to fear, saying no to quitting, huh? say no to giving up. And here is Paul. We have Jesus' example. We have a whole Bible full of examples. You know, we have Jeremiah. There was 
would prophesy and he'd be thrown into the well and and God never made the prophecies come to pass too quick. So sometimes even Jeremiah thought maybe God was, that he was being deceived. And so you, you realize that these are individuals that learn to say no to ungodliness. Saying no to faithlessness. You know, not giving up. Hmm? No, I'm not going to hate my brother. No, I'm not going to hate my sister. No, I'm not going to turn against the church. No, I'm not going to quit. No, I put my hands to the plow. No, I'm not even going to look back, let alone take my hands off the plow. No. No, I'm not going to give in to the weakness of my body. Things ain't working right in life, and then your body wants to pull you off into sin and pull you off into pleasure and pull you off into doing things. Hmm? Yeah. Paul says, I do not inwardly burn. The, thing, the terrible thing about having desires in life is they burn inside of you if you don't learn to say no to them. It's okay to might delight in something. Lord, if it's feasible, I might like to have this. If, if you see that it's beneficial, it's okay. But when you allow those desires inside of you to burn and, and you can't say no to them and they just keep burning, and things are not going right in your life and you start to give in to things and you start to give in to desires and give in to pleasures and sexuality and give in to desires of lust and give in to desires of other things, give in desires of overeating, whatever the thing is, you have no power to say no. And then you want to come against and you want to cry out to God and say, Lord, give me, give me you know, um, my sin is too powerful. My desires are too powerful. But what the Lord wants you to know, hello, it's not powerful. You giving in to the weakness. You giving in to the weakness of this world. So it's, it's hard for you to say, because if the Holy Spirit teaches us to say no to all ungodliness, then, then what the world teaches us is to say yes to godliness. The Holy Spirit teaches us to say no to those things that are morally and decently and ungodly. We say no to those things. No to the pleasures of life. No to the discomforts of life. So if, that, if, the, if Christ, the Spirit of Christ teaches us that, then what does the Spirit of the world teaches us? See, you have been taught by the devil to say yes to ungodliness. To say yes to quitting. To say yes to indulgences. Uh, you hear what I said? You have been taught. The Holy Spirit teaches us to say no. But the spirit of this world, the spirit of darkness, teaches us to say yes. So that we cannot say no. So the reason you find yourself in such dilemmas in life is because you have been taught to say yes to those things that pleases the selfishness within you. See, a lack of character is selfishness. When you don't have character, you have selfishness. And selfishness only cares about itself. Now, sometimes after you have fulfilled some pleasure, then you start to feel guilty because of the morals. And you feel guilty because, well, it's probably good that you feel guilty. At least your conscience is not seared yet. But you feel guilty because you could not 
say no to the things that was not good morals. So it's not that sin has so much power over you, but sin is weakness. Paul says, and God said to Paul, I am made perfect in your weakness. So when you understand that you are weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. But where does that strength come from? It comes from the Spirit of God. It comes from heaven. The ability to say no to ungodliness. No, I'm not quitting. And yes, some days are better than other days. So please don't subscribe and think I'm, I'm, um, uh, I'm encouraging a life like Job. Not at all. I'm just saying life has its difficulties. Yes. But the weakness of this world makes you walk away from your blessings. The weakness of this world is a lack to persevere. The weakness of this world is you none took a butcher knife and trying to cut your mama and threaten your mama because she has not brought the cookies out of the oven yet. Uh-huh. Life is full of goodies and life is full of goodness, but you got to wait for it to come out of the oven. What I mean by that bit of a parable is you just got to wait for the right timing. Good things are coming in this life as well as bad things. Jesus says 30, 60, 100 times as much, but yes, there will be some persecution. There's going to be somebody that don't like what you have. They're going to be somebody that's not pleased about what you have. They're going to be somebody that's going to try to undermine every good thing you do. But you got to say no to wanting to kill them. Hmm? See that ability to say no. Hmm? See, sin is weakness. Jesus put it this way when his disciples couldn't stay awake with him. He says, the spirit is willing. You know what is truth. You know what is good morals. You know what is decency. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Why is the body weak? The body is weak because it's consumed with weakness, which is the spirit of this world. When Jesus talks about tying up the strong man, and we would often relate that to pride, but what is pride? Pride is a weakness. Pride is not a strength. In this house, we actually teach about the spirit of pride, which we use the name lowliness. Pride is a weakness. Pride is the, the lack of ability to stay in a room and feel that you have self-worth without you boasting and even lying about who you are. If we could ever understand that pride is a weakness, it is not a strength. It is a weakness because you feel inferior. Because you feel weak, you begin to boast. The reason you boast is because you feel weak. Anybody that boasts, they do not boast because they truly believe. They boast because you are making them feel weak. Hmm. It is a very deceiving spirit because people boast and they and they talk their talk to intimidate you but the truth is they feel weak and the truth is they do not feel like a decent person without boasting in their superiority in superiority in some way or another out and out it is a lowly spirit it is a weak spirit 
Anybody that can't sit in a room and listen to somebody else's story has a weak spirit. Because they're talking about their life and they're probably adding in some facts that didn't happen. Yes? The fish probably wasn't this big. It's probably more like this. And so you can't say no to yourself because why the spirit of weakness is trying to get on you. They feel weak, so they stretch the fish story. Now, you feel to talk about your fish story, but the truth is their weakness is getting on you. To return boasting for boasting is weakness. Not only is the weakness, it's the lack of the ability to say no to ungodliness because boasting is ungodly. Anytime you're, you're in a room with people and you feel this need to boast or you feel this room to need to get louder than everybody else in the room or you feel this need to get the attention in the room. Mm. See, see, that's ungodliness because you want to you get all the attention in the room. That's ungodliness. When you want to, when you want to take over the room, when you want to be the star in the church, when you want to be the star at the office, where you want to be the star at home, see that's the weakness. The one that's that's doing all the boasting and all the noise making, that, that's the weak vessel. But what happens many times is that weakness gets on us, and we behave in a similar manner. Uh, yeah. Or maybe we're waiting in a line and. And especially this pandemic, we can find ourselves waiting in a long line or waiting in a line at the bank. And we begin to be very impatient and we don't persevere. And so we cannot say no. We want to quit. We want to go home. We want to we want to scream at the security guard. We want to do this. We, we want to fuss at somebody else. See, that's all weakness. That's the spirit of this world. See, sin is just a big pile of weakness trapped in your bone. It's a darkness that you can't open your eyes to. Uh, think about it. Quit giving the devil credit. Quit giving sin credit as having power. It has no power. It has weakness. And that weakness gets on you. But because we say sin has power, and I know you can find the scriptures in the Bible that talks about that, and that's because, that's because uh, uh, many times we're not ready to accept the true revelation. But if you listen to what I'm saying, you're going to realize that's in the Bible too. It's the ability to say no to the weakness of self. Now, what, what is the sin of the world? What is the wickedness in this world? It's just one big spirit of selfishness. That's all it is. The darkness is your selfishness. Hmm? Sin is rooted in selfishness. Once you come out of self, there is no desire to sin. Because once you come out of self, you begin to seek what is right for others and what is right for God. The reason we would even deny God is selfish. Because we do not acknowledge God, because if we acknowledge God, then we couldn't continue in the reverie and, and the lust of our flesh 
and the passions and the desires, we would have to put God first. So it's only natural that the weakness would deny God. Yes, it would turn against God. Because if it, if it acknowledged God, it would have to put to death and say no to its own self. And it cannot. Hmm? Listen, all the, in the same scripture in Titus 2.12, I think this might be 2.11, it says, and, and the salvation has appeared to all of us that we might say no. See, nobody has an excuse. Jesus came to his own, but his own rejected him, did not accept him because they loved darkness. What is darkness? Darkness is staying in the weakness. So the reason you don't have power over sin is not because sin is powerful. You just can't say no to the darkness. That's not power. That's weakness. That's weakness. The reason we need to understand that sin is not powerful, but it is weakness. It is only powerful in the aspect that it is a power of weakness. It makes you feel weak. But it's self-indulging. It's, it's so that you would fulfill the Bible would say that so you would do Satan's will. He's taking you captured to do his will. But what is his will? It's just a big cloud of selfishness. That is the will of Satan. It's a cloud of selfishness. Satan is a representative of your own flesh. Your flesh has made him Lord. Your flesh has brought about that dark counsel that's in this world. So, you say it has power over you, but it don't have power over you. It's just weak. It's a weakness that's over you. And notice the Holy Spirit in, in Titus 2.12, it says, And he shall teach us to say no to all ungodliness. Now, we know that God is not just a matter of talk and denying its power, but he says he will teach us to say no. So it's implying that there's more learning here than these actual biceps. He will teach us to say no to all ungodliness. So you learn to say when these desires and things come upon you that you try to give power to. You will learn to say you are not powerful. You are weak. And you learn to persevere for something other than yourself because all selfishness will end up in the lake of condemnation. All selfishness will live up in the suffering of regret because it's just about you. So you would say that a temptation comes upon you and you say, it's just so strong I can't resist, but that's not the truth. It's so weak. It's weakness that comes upon you. It's weakness that comes upon you. It's the fear that you can't do without it. It's darkness that comes upon you. The Holy Spirit teaches you, hey, what you're feeling is not power, it is weakness. 
what you're feeling is not power. It is weakness. Hmm? I faced it on the cross. I wanted to come down. Not only did I want to escape or take this cup from me, but I also had the temptations to get even with those who would see me dead. And so I could stick around with my brothers and my sisters that I still love. But no, this is the weakness. And people must know that I love the Father. This is the weakness. Hmm? It is not power, it is weakness that comes upon you. That is weakness. You've been overcome by weakness. You're cursing your mother out because the cookies need a few more minutes in the oven. Uh, you're going to curse your mother out who made you some delicious cookies. You're going to curse God out and turn against him because he has a wonderful life for you. But it's just the perseverance, it's the character to wait and to say no to the ungodliness. Hmm? I don't, I'm not going to curse my mother out. I'm not going to take a knife. I'm not going to threaten my mother. I'm going to wait patiently. Yes, I am not going to let my stomach be my God. I am not going to let my weakness, I'm not going to let the lust of my taste buds, the lust of my flesh, I'm not going like to let those things that, that feel good, those sexual feelings, I'm not going to let those things overcome me. I'm going to say no to this weakness that's in my body. See, that's why many times you can't overcome sickness because sickness, without doubt, is weakness. But we say sickness is power. We say sickness is power. And sometimes, you know, I, I realize sometimes when people start to feel fever, but see, I'm kind of like Paul here. I have a different mindset. When I feel fever, I don't think fever because when people hear fever, they think sickness. But when I... When I feel fever, I think power because fever is fire. And many times we fight the fever that has come to rid our bodies of the sickness. And we want to give in to that, that sickness. We want to give in to it, but that's weakness that you're giving into. You're not giving into power. Now, 30 years in ministry, I have been tested many times of being extremely sick before times to go preach or extremely sick even before I went to the church to preach and a few times extremely sick uh, before it's time to get up on the pulpit. But I knew that if I ever gave into the weakness of sickness, there'd be no end to it. Because sickness is like a bully. You let it use you one time. You're overpowered by that bully. And so many times when that sickness is there, I may not feel strong enough to overcome the whole sickness, but I would say things like, Lord, I've got to preach. I'll get sick after the message. And the Lord has never denied me that victory, nor has he caused me to faint while I am ministering. But the truth is, 
Once you understand that sickness is a weakness, it's not a power, it is a weakness. Once you understand that death, where, O oh, death, is your sting? Once you understand that death is a weakness, it is not a power, then you won't be afraid of it anymore. First thing is we know who's going to walk us through the coldness of death into the warmth of his glory. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Huh? Where are you at? You cannot kill the saints. You'll just make them more glorious. But see, we see death as a power. We see death as someone cloaked in some hoodie. Uh, or the big cutlass of the sorts. And we don't realize that that is weakness. That is not power. How can you say death has power? Death has no power. The Bible says the list, last enemy to be destroyed is death. It has no power. It is a weakness. Your sin is a weakness. And the wages of sin is death. It's all weakness. It is not strength. Quit calling sin power. And quit saying that you are weak. In your nature, in your flesh, you're weak, but in Christ, you are strong. I can do all things through Christ. Stop acknowledging and calling sin powerful. Now, we understand that we can find scriptures that says the power of this dark age, but understand that the power is weakness. Jesus rebuked his disciples. You know, they had just... They had probably traveled some distance, I guess, and they, they had eaten the Passover, and so their bellies were all full, and, you know, and, uh, you know, they sung some hymns probably, and then they went out, you know, into the garden to sleep for the night, and Jesus says, no, I want you to stay awake with me. Stay awake with me, but they couldn't stay awake. It says their soul was overwhelmed to the point of death. Or in, and that was Jesus' soul. And it said of the disciples, their soul was overwhelmed with sorrow. In other words, they was feeling what was about to happen or what was going to happen. But it was weakness. It is not power. It is weakness. You call yourself weak, but you're only weak because you do not trust God. You're only weak because you... Your flesh is a part of this world. And so you think, this is your, your mentality, you think you are weak and sin is powerful. But the truth is, that's not true. You are weak because you're consumed with the sin. But the sin is weakness. It's weakness. It's, it's muscles under the arm and not up on top of the arm. Hmm. It is weakness. Quit calling sin in your life powerful. Call God powerful. Huh? Quit calling temptation in your life powerful. It is weakness that is trying to consume your body. 
and that is consuming your body to the place that you become its slave. You are a slave of weakness. You have become a marshmallow. You are a slave of weakness. Now here's the thing. The fire, he's, Paul says, I do not inwardly burn. That burning inside is like a fever in itself. That desire to have something is making you weak. It does not make you stronger. When you desire the things of God and you have hope in God, it gives you power. Hmm? It says suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character gives you hope. Because what does character give you hope? Now, you would think and you might uh, think that it, said, it would say perseverance produces hope and hope produces character, but that's not the formula. Perseverance produces character. And when you have character, you know that saying no to ungodliness gives you hope. Because character is I have hope even when I have a history of things going bad. And nobody had more trouble than Paul. Even when I have a history of things going bad, I shall persevere. I will not give in to this weakness because I know even though it feels like a thousand years and it feels like mama is cooking them cookies to hell and back, I know they're going to come out. Uh, and, and this is the thing about sometimes when you desire something you can't wait for them cookies to come out you don't even let them cool down and then you cramming them in your mouth like cookie monster and you don't even enjoy them you can't even give thanks for them you know uh, one of the main reasons and it's not so biblical but one of the main reasons why we give thanks for food before we eat you know one of the main reasons why we do that is that we might slow down and enjoy what we eat. It's not that God is so picky. Everything you eat, you got to give me thanks for. You know, if we's going to do that, we should thank God for the corn when we see it first coming up out of the ground. Maybe we should thank God for the corn when it was a seed, and maybe rightly so. But one of the main reasons why we give thanks for food is so that we would slow it down and do it in remembrance of Him. Not let that weakness, because this is the thing. When you lust after something, you don't enjoy it. You only want more of it. And that's why we overeat, and that's why we can't even remember what we ate. And that's why we can't remember how good life is. Because of the weakness that wants to just consume everything. It's a darkness. Uh, it's a darkness. But the Holy Spirit teaches us to say no to all ungodliness. It gives us self-control in a world full of weakness. Wake up, church, and understand sin is not more powerful than you. It is weakness, and you have been consumed by the weakness. When you say it's more powerful, all you're doing is boasting in your own weakness. It is a weakness that has come upon you. But just at the mention of the name Jesus, when you hold him in highest power, uh, there's a picture that's been on the internet for uh, quite a few years that 
I don't know. I, I think I'd rather see a Muslim. Uh, uh, um, I'd rather see a Muslim post or a Hindu post than this post. There's a post that appears. That appears sometimes on images and appears sometimes on Facebook or everybody sees it and they kind of like this post. And, and the post is a picture of Jesus and the devil arm wrestling. I totally despise that picture because that picture, and even though it implies that Jesus won, that picture is so deceiving. That picture is such a lie that I hate it. Let me say I loathe it <laughs> over all other pictures. I'd rather see a picture of Shiva. Yeah. I'd rather see some half-naked, half-high uh, Indian pundit than to see that picture. The reason th that picture, the reason I hate that picture so much is it makes Satan an equal of Christ. Satan cannot face Christ. He was able to speak to Christ when he was in the flesh. Mm. But let's think about something. Let's think about the temptation of Jesus. Why was the devil talking so nice to Jesus? Never thought about that, did you? The devil didn't say, I'll kill you, I'll torment you, I'll kill everybody you love. Why was the devil so nice to Jesus? Somebody answer that question. So Jesus comes out there in the desert, in the wilderness with all the other wild animals. So for 40 days... The devil too afraid to say anything to Jesus. So he waits till Jesus gets hungry. But then what does he say? He says, if you're the son of God, turn the stone into bread. Took him to a high place upon the temple. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. Took him to a high mountain and said, if you will acknowledge me, I'll give you all of this. Give me scriptures. Huh? I mean, this is the nicest devil I ever seen. Hmm? There was no threats. Was there any threats? There was just promises. Two of the temptations had to do with Jesus using his power, which was all an illusion and a deception for Jesus to bow down and give his power to Satan. You see, the devil knew who had the power in the wilderness. That's why he was talking so nice to Jesus. Hmm? Yeah. Huh? Never think, think about it. What Hollywood movie does Jesus... 
does the devil ever appear so nice in? Huh? No. Why? Because Satan is weakness. And he appeases to your weakness. He says, you've been here 40 days without anything to eat. Turn the stone into bread. Appeasing to Jesus' weakness. After 40 days, it doesn't seem he got no great revelation or anything. He was just out there. You know, sometimes when you fast for 40 days, sometimes ain't nothing said. It's just you and hunger, nothing else. Huh? Kind of like in your mother's kitchen, you know, just you and hunger. Huh? You and hunger, and the honest thing is keeping you from the cookies is mama. So mama starts to look like the devil. You start to think she's got horns. And you wonder, and you, you run over to the stove to make sure mama got the oven on. You think she may have just stuck it in there and never cut the oven on. So you either think mama's stupid or she cut it down way too low or she just put it in there and she didn't cut the oven on just to torment you. And sometimes you think that about life, that it's just there to torment you. Uh-huh. Oh, glory. Hmm? Hmm? Oh. So, Satan takes him to the top of the temple. Highest place. Now, whether this was an actual trip or a vision, throw yourself down. You know, if you're the son of God. So it's appeasing to his weaknesses. And so Satan knows he, he's king of the world. He says, if you'll bow down to me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. That's all you got to do. Now, interesting thing here. When Satan says, bow down to me, and I'll give you all these kingdoms. What's being said there is not what you think is being said. It's not the way you perceive it. You think what is being perceived is if you bow down to me, I'll give you these powers. See, the truth is, Satan knows you already have the power. What he is saying, because, see, even with death, he holds the power of death, which is just fear. He doesn't have power over death. It's just the fear thereof. Hmm. Now, he can't even kill a sparrow if he don't get permission from God. Did you know that? Not a sparrow will fall from the sky apart from the will of God. He can't kill nothing. He can't kill a cockroach. You may kill a cockroach or a mosquito. But you would not be able to do it if the Lord hadn't granted you permission. Hmm? That murderous thing in you that wants to repay evil for evil. <laughs> bite for bite. <laughs> and speaking of weakness, how is it a big thing like you are so afraid of a little bug? Isn't that quite the demonstration of sin? Huh? Isn't that quite the demonstration of sin? A little cockroach and you are running. Huh? 
I have seen some women, oh, they're going to give somebody a piece of their mind. <laughs> and they see one cockroach. How does that little cockroach have so much power over you? I mean, you really got to be weak to be fearful of a cockroach. What? You so fearful? And that cockroach ain't got no big teeth. You have really got to be weak to be so fearful of that. So... When we come back to Christ, when he says, bow down to me, what he means is, give me the authority and the power. Give me that place in your life, and I will show you how to make this happen. But see, Satan has no power if it's not given to him. No power to kill, no power to elevate if it was not given to him. Jesus said to Pilate, when Pilate said, don't you know I have power to take your life? He says, you have no power if it was not given to you from heaven. You have no power. Sin, you have no power over my life. If it was not given to you and God did not give me over to sin, you have no power over me. Don't make no threats. I'm not going to die if I don't give in to you. I'm not going to die if I don't give in to you. I'm not going to die if I don't give in to myself. I'm not going to die if I give in to my pleasures. Now, what will happen is you will die if you give in to those things. But you won't die if you say no to all ungodliness, you won't die. So when Satan says, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all these things. because it's, And he's saying it's mine to give. But the truth is, it's not. If the devil can't kill a sparrow, how could he give a whole city? No. He's saying to Jesus. And the reason... The reason Satan has never said that he will, well, sometimes he'll give you the illusion that he's going to give you the world. But to actually give you several cities, you actually be in control of these cities. The reason he's never really said that with any degree of accuracy is because you never had the ability. Christ was king. He was already king of all these cities. Even to tread them in the wine press. And I, I've seen this illusion, and I'm sure it's still going on in, in Christian worlds is where, where a particular church, or you ain't even a large church, you're just a little group, and you, you believe that the Lord is going to give you the whole city, and you walk around the city, or you go out at the four corners of the city, and you proclaim it for God's glory. Listen, if God ain't in it, you didn't proclaim nothing, and you ain't got nothing. The thing is, we're kind of like the devil. We just love to be in control of things because that makes us feel powerful. It makes us feel powerful when we got a new car. It makes us feel powerful when we have a, a handsome husband or a beautiful wife by our side. It makes us feel powerful when we have children. It makes us feel powerful when we have houses. But the truth is, 
All of that is still the kingdom of weakness. It's all weakness. Power is in the Lord. And Paul demonstrated that by all the things he's going through. He says, who's weak? I'm not weak. You call me weak because I don't have a marriage? You calling me weak because I don't have a house? You calling me weak because I don't have a new car? You calling me weak because I don't have a big church? You calling me weak because I've been chased out of town? You calling me weak because they killed me? You call me weak because they put me in prison? You call me weak because I've been rejected? You call me weak when the whole city was against me and they lowered me down in a basket so I could run away? You call me weak? I am not weak. You don't know what weakness is. I am strong. Because you're only as strong as your no is. You're only as strong. A, per a person is only as strong as their no is to their selfishness. It's selfishness. Selfishness is weakness. It's, it's giving in to, to pleasures and even nasty pleasures of the flesh. It's giving in to things that might be okay in another environment. But some things that give in to, it's not okay in any environment. But it's, it's about the pleasures of you. And then a lot of times you feel condemned or you should feel condemned after you do those things or after you've been selfish because you have a weak conscience in regards to morals. You have not... Uh, reap the benefits supposedly of having your conscience seared so you can keep doing nastiness and, and not feeling bad about it. But the truth is it's all weakness. It's weakness. Huh? It's weakness. You can't lay down on your bed at night without thinking lustful. That is weakness. That's not strength. Quit giving the devil glory. Quit giving sin power. Huh? Some guy keeps calling you, some girl keeps calling you on the phone and, and keeps enticing you into things that you know is not right and things you don't want to do. Don't say they have power over you. They have weakness over you. That is darkness. There's, there's no power. There's no light in the darkness. The darkness has no ability whatsoever but to conceal what it cannot do. That's all it does. It conceals. How many times has the darkness lied to you? You imagine some monster. The darkness says, you know, there's a monster here. Hmm? And what do you do? You don't even turn to heaven, but you turn to the switch on the wall. And when the light comes on, you say to the darkness, you lied to me. And then the darkness says, I'm in the closet. So you get your cutlass and you open the closet door. What do you do? When you open the door, the light goes in. And you see there's nothing in there. Huh? There's nothing in there. The darkness lies to you. And it says if you give up your lust, you will die. But you're not going to die. It's weakness. It's lying to you. The weakness is consuming you. The weakness makes you selfish. The weakness makes you try to save your own life. The weakness makes you, makes you yield away from responsibilities and morals and doing what is right. See, 
To do what is right sometimes means saying no to ungodliness. It's saying no to those things. Saying no to worldly pleasures and those things that just belong to the self. Listen, there's nothing pleasing in this life if it doesn't benefit God and others. There's nothing in this life that will bring fulfillment. It's like, I think the other day I hinted about this with riches. Listen, the whole point of riches, if you don't give, you have no riches. The only riches you have is your ability to give. If, if, you have, if you have banks full of money and you have no strength to give, you are weak and you are not rich. What good is it to have if you're not accomplishing anything with what you have? What good does it have to have several cars if it's not accomplishing anything? You are not rich. You are poor. You are poor in spirit and not even a good poor. But you are weak. Quit giving in to the weakness. Quit calling sin power. Hmm? Quit saying that you feel powerless in this world. Quit saying that, that the world is against you when things are not working out. The world is full of weakness. It's full of weakness. Uh, and people feed on your weakness. And that's why some people have three more dollars than you, or that's why they have two of your dollars, is because they fed on your weakness. They acknowledged that they was weak, but they was a little stronger than you. But it's all weakness. It's all weakness. Uh, if you try to save your life, that's weakness. You will lose your life. But if you lose it, for Christ's sake, you will win. Quit calling this thing power. Look at that nastiness that's in your flesh, the nastiness that's in your head. Quit saying it is power. Quit acknowledging it's a power. Quit saying that you have no strength over it because Christ died to give you power over all these things. Stop saying you can't make it without money. Stop saying you can't make it without a man. Stop saying you can't make it without a woman. Stop saying you can't make it. Stop saying you can't do it. Uh, if Paul can go through more things than most any of us have ever gone through, gone through things that would almost say, Hey, Paul, listen, you, you, you're not called by God. Yes. Would the devil really call you and put you through that much stuff? Oh, no. Paul says, I am not weak. This is not a sign of weakness. I do not feel weak. This is not a sign of weakness. No, this is a sign of me fighting the weakness that's in the world. The weakness in the world. And maybe sometimes we, maybe sometimes we attract weakness. Because maybe sometimes we like weakness because that's our way of backing up. That's our way of quitting. The journey ahead of you looks too long and it looks too tiring. So you, 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 it says each of us, we are dragged away by our own evil desires. So weakness comes to, to rescue you. It says if you give in to this sickness, you won't have to go to work. But what you need to do is rebuke the sickness and say, weakness, you won't have me. I'm going to work. 
because I'm going to work as unto the Lord, and the Lord is going to reward me. Just now my cookies are coming out of the oven. Hmm? I'm not giving in to the weakness. No, I'm, I'm not giving in. It's all, it's all weakness. And look at all the things that happened to Paul, all the things. Look at all the signs. We would say, look at all the, this is a sign that I'm not supposed to be in this relationship. This is a sign I'm not supposed to be in this business. This is a sign I'm not called by God. But Paul says, I don't see it as a sign to quit. I see it as a sign that God is with me. Look at what I have gone through. And I still don't feel weak. Look at what I've been through. Huh? They stone him and drag him outside the city. Hmm? And the disciples come along, pray for him. He gets back up good as new, and he goes right back in preaching. That is not weakness. That is strength. That is determination. That is the power. The power is to say no to yourself. Don't you know Paul's flesh was saying, Paul, you are stupid. They done killed you once. They just going to kill you again. Paul said, and he said elsewhere, he says, I'm ready to go to Rome. I'm ready for my death. I am ready to face persecution for Christ's sake. I am not weak. Who you call him weak? Uh, and yes, some of us would like to see more victories. But when's the last time? When's the last time somebody wrote letters and has changed the whole entire world? It's the last time somebody wrote a book. The majority of the New Testament is Paul's letters. When's the last time you wrote a letter and it changed thousands and millions of people? Paul couldn't see what he was doing, but he believed and he knew Christ was with him. And even though He'd be in trouble in the city and in the country. Even though he faced death, he faced nakedness, he faced cold, faced imprisonment, he faced shame. And he says, you know, sometimes it feels like we're at the end of the procession. We're like thieves being led to the slaughter. We've been put on display as embarrassment and shame. Because Christ was with him, he was never weak. Because God made it clear to him, when you are weak, I am strong. Hmm? When's the last time you wrote a letter that saved millions? Hmm? Hmm? What letter? Even the letter I'm reading to you tonight. That letter. Next time you pick up the Bible, you treat it with some respect. Hmm? Yeah. It is not a bedtime story. Don't try to read a. F Don't try to read a few verses, so you can fall asleep easy. You pick that book up with some respect. You pick that book up fully clothed. Don't pick that book up when you just come out of the shower. You pick that book up. Hmm? Yeah. There's power in that book. Respect that book. Because Paul went through all those things right there in that one chapter. He just he names them all. And he said, I'm going to boast a little bit, but, you know, it's not what I typically do. But he's saying to the Corinthians, you're so dumb, i got to tell you what power is.
I got to tell you, because you want to accuse me of being weak. I'm not weak, and I don't inwardly burn. So you treat that book with some respect, because that book is not a book of weakness. And sometimes we think YouTube has more power than that book, but you're wrong. Yes, YouTube. YouTube is full of, of promoters that say, if I was Jesus, I would have come down off the cross and I would beat everybody up. But see, that was not the will of God. Sometimes the will of God tells you to say no to what you would like to do. Because the will of God will always be more glorious. Not only for God, but it would be more prosperous for your own life. Hmm? Paul wanted to reach the whole world. But the whole world wasn't born yet. And Paul says, you know, I don't even like, because Paul had the heart of an evangelist. He says, I come back and check on you because you accepted me and I love you, so I'm going to keep checking on you. But he says, my aim is to reach as many people as I can reach. And he said, many areas. He wanted to reach areas. He didn't want to build on somebody else's foundation. He wanted to go in and start the foundation. Paul wanted to reach the world, but the world wasn't even born yet. But yet God let him write some letters that's reached the world long after he's gone. Mm. So you see, sometimes we don't understand but God hears our faintest prayer. And those noble requests that we have from God, God's going to answer them. But it may not be in the way you think. Because the way we think often is contaminated with weakness. Say no to the weakness. Hmm? Say no to sin. This is weakness. Uh, this is weakness. That sin in your life boasts as if though you're nobody without it. It's lying to you. It boasts as if though it's power. It boasts as if though it make you feel good. It boasts as if though it's going to make somebody out of you. But all it does is shame you. It's just weakness. All the days of your life you bathed in weakness. Uh, all the days of your life. Many times it, Jesus when he drive out a spirit it said an unclean spirit. Well, sometimes that was sexuality, but sometimes it's just it's this old nasty, weak spirit that give in to anything. Hmm? Yes, that take the lice bite of food. You got no character about yourself. Hmm? You sit down at the dinner table looking at the biggest plate. You have no character about yourself. Huh? Hmm? You, you, you take money that's not yours. You take a cookie that's not yours. You take something in the refrigerator that you know doesn't belong to you. You take something at work, you have no character. You're so weak, you can't say no to yourself. There's got to be some respect for yourself. Without respect for yourself, you're nobody. And Jesus died. He didn't die to take sinners to heaven. He died to make you a saint. Don't ever think Jesus died. See, that's a wrong perception that Jesus died to take sinners to heaven. Jesus died to make a saint out of you on this life so you could walk into heaven on your own two feet. Hmm? 
He died so that you would have character in this life. He didn't come to this life and die for you so you could live this life for flesh and live this life in weakness and fears all the days of your life and then just and then just come drag it into the kingdom of heaven and, and saying, he's my savior, you know, I'm an old sinner, just saved. No, he didn't do that. He come to your life. And the reason he came to your life early is not because <coughs> you're going to die early other than to die to yourself. Jesus come here to give you character. He come here to give you the power, and the power is to say no to ungodliness. He come to give you that power. He come to give you the power not to quit, not to back up. Huh? Somebody got your seat in church and you're going to look for another church. What kind of power do you have? Huh? The pastor didn't acknowledge you. What kind of power is that? Huh? Huh? You were sick and the pastor didn't call you. And now you're going to go to another church because the pastor didn't call to check on you. What power is that? How is it? That you are any kind of reflection to what Paul went through. Before you compare your life to Jesus, compare it to Paul. Huh? Huh? Paul was guilty of, of, of killing the Christians, but when he saw the light, he wasn't ashamed to turn around. He wasn't ashamed to turn his life around. Oh. I have Christ in me. I cannot, I cannot blush. I have Christ in me. I cannot back up. I cannot quit. Say no to the weakness. The Holy Ghost come to give you some character. You watch too many Hollywood movies. All you want is power. Huh? You want power to turn water into wine, you old drunk. You want power. Huh? You want power to turn somebody ugly, turn some frog into a prince. The greatest power in this world is the ability to say no to yourself. That's power. And until you conquer that power, you have no other power. I don't care how much you can prophesy. I don't care how much you can pray for the sick. Until you have power to say no to yourself, you have no power. Because Jesus said to those who said, we cast out devils in your name and we prophesied in your name. Jesus says, I don't know you. Until you have power to say no to yourself, you don't know Christ. Because when Christ comes in you, you have that power to say no to selfishness. You have the power to say no to wanting to quit and to give up on the things that, that God has for you in your life. You have power to say no to those things that are consuming your time and consuming everything about you. You have power to say no to those things. You can't even sleep at night for thinking about wickedness. You have power to say no to that. Quit giving into the weakness. This world reaps of a stinking weakness, an inward burning of just flesh, giving into anything that's easy and comfortable. Not anymore. Stop calling weakness power. And know that there is but one power. And his name is Jesus. And that power gives you the power to say no. And until you have that power running through your veins, 
I would not boast about having any other anointing. The power of self-control. Self-discipline. The power of respect. The power to know that you are doing your best. And to turn to Christ to know that he is your strength. And by all means, quit letting this weakness boast to cover up the reality that you are consumed with fears and inferiorities. You're consumed with intimidations. You're consumed with unworthiness. Stop letting weakness boast when you know you are as lowly as the worms that crawl in the soil. But Christ has come that you could say no to that way of life. Amen. Gives you the power to say no to yourself. Oh, hallelujah. Hmm? Don't eat all the cookies. You know you don't need all the cookies. Save some for your brothers and sisters when they get home from school. Have some self-control about yourself. Huh? Love yourself when you get up from the dinner table. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You can't say no. The only way you can say no is when it's all gone. Hmm? And then you're looking down on the table to see if there's a crumb that you can pick up and eat. Or you're looking in your neighbor's plate. You know you don't get up from the table feeling loved. God loves you, but you know you don't feel loved. The power to say no. Huh? Seems like a lonely place. You wonder who's going to take care of you, but God himself will take care of you. The greatest joy in life is to have self-control. Without it, you can't enjoy joy. Yes, you'll get addicted to it and start laughing at the wrong things. The ability to say no has been released in your house. No, I will not be sleepless tonight. No. I will not give in to fleshly desires tonight. No, I will not give in to fears tonight. I will close my eyes knowing that God is watching over me. No, I will not be afraid of tomorrow, for I know the Lord has prepared a day for me. Whatever my situation is, somebody, you have a court date tomorrow. Do not be afraid. Yes, God is with you. God is with you. Yes, some appointments tomorrow. God is with you. Yes? I see something with a tire. Something with a tire. You're, you're worried about that. Uh, you're worried about the money and the finances of it. Stop worrying about that. You're just giving in to the weakness. You're imagining a death that the devil can't give you. <laughs> Hallelujah. All he can do is give you the illusion and the darkness thereof. 
Some of you, you have thoughts that come to your head and you feel like you can't say no to them. You feel like them thoughts are so powerful. Uh, and those thoughts would come to Jesus' mind and even bring scriptures and try to get Jesus to do things that was ungodly. And Jesus says, no. Hmm? No. Even though Satan come at him with scriptures, trying to get him to do the wrong thing, he says, no. Serve the Lord God and serve him only. It's hard to hear God when you have no character. Because when you have no character, you can't say no to yourself. And when you can't say no to yourself, yourself is talking more than heaven. <coughs> tonight in your house, tonight in your heart, tonight in your head, stop calling sin power. Stop calling fear power. Stop calling death power. Yes. Yes, stop calling you with leukemia. Stop calling death power. Learn to say no. The Holy Spirit will teach you. Titus 2.12, he will teach you. Look at all the things Paul went through. You ain't gone through half that. And he says, I am not weak. It means I am not cursed. Sometimes we always say we're cursed just because we go through some things. If you was cursed, Paul was really cursed. Everything ain't a cursing in life. Some of it's, it's the making of a mighty minister. Some of it's the making of the Word of God itself. Yes, if you never have no battles, what strength have you? If you don't have no perseverance, what kind of character will you have? Huh? Yes, every little thing. You're crying like a baby. Every little thing. Hmm? Hmm? Every little worry. What can the devil do to you? Can't even kill a cockroach without the will of God. And you're worth more than many cockroaches. So be blessed tonight. Hold on to Jesus. Don't let the weakness tell you that God ain't present. God is always present. In Jesus' name, glory to God.